All right. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about Jesus, the light of the world. Several years ago, my family got to visit one of the greatest natural wonders in the world, a place called Carlsbad Caverns. Carlsbad Caverns is a huge cave in the state of New Mexico in the United States. And so you can walk down into Carlsbad Caverns. You start out at the open mouth of the cave where thousands of bats fly out every year. Then you walk down, 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 down into the dark depths of the cave. And when we reached the bottom of the cave, the guide began to tell us stories about the original explorers of this cave. They said that they were extremely brave men and women who would explore using nothing but a tiny candlelight. And then she said that she wanted to duplicate for us the conditions that the original explorers experienced. And so she sat our entire group down on a bench and she said, don't freak out or anything. She said, but uh, we're going to turn off the lights. And she walked over to the light switch, and suddenly she turned off the lights. And suddenly it was dark. It was so dark, I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. It was so dark, I couldn't see the person next to me. Total and complete darkness. And she let us stay there in the dark for a couple of minutes so that our eyes could adjust to the darkness. Then she reached in her pocket and she pulled out a cigarette lighter. Now, when she said she was going to light that cigarette lighter, I thought to myself, this darkness is so thick that that tiny cigarette lighter is not going to make much of a difference. But when she lit that little tiny cigarette lighter, suddenly we could see the entire room. I could see people's faces. I could see all the people around me. That cave was a very dark place, but all it took was one light to light up a dark cave. Everyone say, one light. All right, you can turn the lights back up. One light was all it took to light up a dark cave. Now, the world is also a dark place. There are a lot of people in this world that don't know Jesus. But all it takes is one light to light up a dark world. Everyone say one light. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so I believe that every single one of us is called to be a shining light in the midst of great darkness. This church is called by God to be a shining light in the midst of great darkness. Come on, everyone say one light. One light. Come on, I, I can't hear the people in the back. Everyone say one light. I'm used to preaching to crowds, big crowds of people all over the world, so I like feedback. I like hearing people, and so you can say amen and, and, and repeat after me. I, I just I like hearing that when I preach. Well, normally in this part of the sermon, I would begin to list for you some of the different areas of darkness that I've seen in the world. And, uh, but I thought it would be 
more effective rather than giving you my opinion of what I think is darkness. I want to ask your opinion today. And we're going to do this electronically. And so uh, we're going to do a, a little survey. So if you have uh, your cell phone, could you just pull out your cell phone right now? And uh, we're going to do a really quick survey. And what you do with your cell phone is you just type in this address. It's uh, uh, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-F-H Mournville. And if you'll just type that into your cell phone, it'll pull up a little survey. And it's anonymous, so we won't know who you are, so you can answer the questions honestly. But uh, there's about uh, five questions there. I'd like you to just go ahead and answer those questions uh, in your cell phone. And we're going to ask your opinion about what areas of darkness you might be concerned about in the world today. Uh, so the questions, for those of you who, who don't have a cell phone, the questions that the the, the smart cell phone owners are, at, are answering right now uh, are, I am, uh, the first one is, I am concerned about the darkness that exists in the world today. And it's uh, totally agree, agree, not sure, disagree, or strongly disagree. And then the second question is, what area of darkness are you most concerned about in society? Are you concerned about sickness? Are you concerned about poverty? Are you concerned about uh, abortion, you know, what area of, of darkness maybe would you be most concerned about as a, an individual today? And number three, who is supposed to provide a solution for the darkness that exists in the world? And I have several different options there of different entities, different people that are supposed to provide a solution, and you can actually answer more than one there. So if you think more than one of those entities is responsible for driving out darkness, you can answer that. Number four, as a church, the Father's House does a good job of bringing light to the dark areas of society. And so I want you to, to answer that. Do you think that this church is doing a good job in that area? Uh, do you, are you not sure? Do you disagree? You know, I, I want to hear your opinion today. And then number five, are you called to be a shining light in the midst of great darkness? I, I just told you, Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine. Uh, but do you agree with that? Do you think you're called to be a shining light or, or not? And so if you'll answer that. Um, and uh, if you complete the survey, just, just raise your hand. I want to see how many people have completed it. Is there anybody who's still working? I'll give you just a, a, 10 more seconds to, to finish that up. All right. Um, Brother Rick, let's pull this up in real time and see what people think right here in the auditorium. All right. Just if you uh, hit submit, get your answer in so we can know what you think. All right, here we go. Let me see if I can read this here. Okay, hit response. Okay, we got 59 responses. So we got some good audience participation this morning. That's good. That's wonderful. Oh, 60, 61 responses. All right, some people still coming in there. Okay, 62, yeah. Uh, the first question, I'm concerned about the darkness that is, exists in the world today. So, uh, you're still coming in on your answers. All right. It looks like 69.7% strongly agree with that statement. 29.9% uh, agree. And nobody is undecided, disagree, or strongly disagree. Okay. That's good. All right. Scroll up. Um, and let's look at this next area. What areas of darkness are you most concerned about in today's society? Okay. So we've got two people said sexual immorality. 
Two people said depression, poverty, child abuse, drug addiction, sexuality. Good is evil, and evil is good. Abortion, lack of morality, social media. I, I like how you criticize social media as we do a, a survey electronically. That's good. Um, what is that? Isolation, selfishness, drug addiction. All right, can you scroll down through these? Okay, uh, lack of God. The people are manipulated by their fears in life. Government, persecution of Christians, social issues, youth depression and anxiety. Uh, teaching of our children, lack of God in society, antichrist belief, sickness, illness, discrimination, man-made sickness. All right, keep going. Oh, these are good answers, you guys. Sickness, depression, politics, fear, politics, moving more and more towards humanism, morality, spread of Islam, spread of leftist ideologies based on the collective instead of the individual. That sounds like someone who's educated. That's good. Rape, sexual assault, uh, so much hate and violence, government, poverty, poverty, sickness, self-serving. All right, keep going, keep going. Government, changes in the education system, what's being taught in schools, child sex trafficking and poverty, loss of morality. This is, this is really interesting. How many, this, is this interesting? To find out what people are concerned about. Uh, black potatoes. I don't know why that's a problem, but pray that God can fix it. <laughs> Sex trafficking, sin, depression, the inability to find peace in some individual's life. Elitism, war, poverty, the loss of truth. Keep going, keep going. Discrimination, gender equality, abortion, getting offended by everything. Someone will probably be offended that I asked everyone's opinions today. Removing parents' rights to raise children, the erosion of traditional Christian values, pedophilia, God is not in people's life, people's apathy, lack of commitment uh, in marriage and church, sickness, conflict, abortion, corruption, divorce, abuse, anti-Christian government policies, poverty, terrorism, losing the common sense and the reality of God. Wow, that's a lot of darkness. Man, I think I'm depressed after reading all that. I want to go curl up in a ball and just cry. That's horrible. Yeah, let's see. Who's supposed to provide a solution for the darkness that exists in the world? So you, you could have multiple answers on this. 52 of you said individuals. 38 said that families are responsible for providing a solution to the darkness. 30 of you said government. Uh, 24 of you said businesses. 58 of you, almost everybody, well, 58 out of 67, said that the church is supposed to provide a solution to the darkness. All right, uh, question four here. As a church, the Father's House does a good job of bringing light to the dark areas of society. So 65.7% of you strongly agree with that statement. 31.3 agree. It looks like probably two or three of you are undecided, and it looks like maybe two or three disagree. Interesting. But overall, uh, the church would strongly agree with that statement. And then number five, are you called to be a shining light in the midst of great darkness? 95.5% of you said yes, and the rest of you are not sure. So, wow, that is really interesting. Some very interesting data. Well, I believe that Jesus is 
the light of the world. With all these different issues and darkness that people have mentioned here this morning, I believe that Jesus has a solution for every single one of these issues. Jesus is the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 1 John 1, verse 5, Jesus said, This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. So even though we experience darkness in different areas in this life, Jesus is the light of the world, and in him there is no darkness. And John talks about this extensively in his gospel. So let's look at the first chapter of the gospel of John. John chapter 1. It says, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Verse 4, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it, or the darkness has not understood it. And so it says that in Jesus there is light, and that light is the life of men. And the light of Jesus is shining in the midst of darkness, and the darkness has not overcome the light. And so when I was uh, an undergrad in school, I studied some Greek. And this passage is actually uh, one of the passages that we studied. And we looked at all the different words and the meanings of the words and also the tenses that these, these words are written in. And the, uh, the, the tenses that this particular verse is, is written in is very interesting. It says that the light shines in the darkness. And so when it says the, the light shines, that is written in the present tense, which means that the light is shining and continually shining and never stops shining. The light is just shining and shining and shining and shining. That's the sense of, of the tense of, of that word. And then it says the darkness has not overcome the light. And when it says overcome, that word is in the aorist tense, which is an action that happens in the past, but is only for a brief moment of time. And so the difference between the present tense and this aorist tense is that the present tense is just continually going. It's just going. And then the aorist tense is like a, a blip that happens really quickly, just like this. And so it would be the difference between like a movie and a photograph. So the, the light is continually shining. The light of God is shining, and darkness tries to overcome the light. Satan comes, and he throws a promise. You know, I'm going to take away the light in your life. I'm going, I'm going to send some sickness, or I'm going to send uh, some challenges. And so there, there comes this point where darkness tries to overcome the light. And, and so the darkness of Satan, the darkness of, of sin, of this world, there's a momentary blip where it tries to overcome the light, but it says the darkness shall not 
overcome the light. The darkness cannot overcome the light. The darkness will not overcome the light. And so there is hope this morning that even with all of these problems, these areas that we see darkness in the world, what we're seeing is a brief moment in time like a photograph where Satan is actively trying to overcome the light. Hallelujah. <laughs> where Satan is trying to actively overcome the light. And the darkness shall not overcome the light. The darkness cannot overcome the light. The darkness will not overcome the light. Why? Because Jesus says, I am the light of of the world. Come on, give a clap for Jesus. And so there is a higher truth than what you can see. You might be sick today, but your sickness is not here to stay. Satan is trying to overcome the light in your life, but we have this promise from God that the darkness shall not overcome. It cannot overcome. As I've traveled to different nations around the world, I have seen a lot of darkness. One time I uh, flew into New Delhi, India, and I went to the largest Muslim mosque in India, and they have a, a stone there that looks like it has a footprint in it, and they say that Muhammad came and stepped in that place and left his footprint, and so everyone comes there to that mosque and, and worships, and, and, and so I when I saw that, thousands of people facing towards Mecca and praying, I felt like I saw a great darkness. But later that week, I was in the middle of a cornfield in an irrigation ditch, and we were baptizing some Muslim believers who had come to Jesus. And there was a 17-year-old boy, and as we were getting ready to baptize him, I noticed that he had a black eye and he had bruises on his body. And I said, what, what happened to you? He says, my father was so mad I was talking to the Christian. He said that he strung me up by my heels like a pinata and he beat me with a stick. And I, when I saw it, I saw great darkness. But then I looked in his eyes and I saw the love of Jesus in his eyes. He says, I have made Jesus the Lord of my life and I want to serve him the rest of my life. And in his eyes, there was a great light. And so we baptized him. And I saw light come in to that situation. Another time, I, I saw a, a Hindu temple in India. Thousands of idols painted in lots of different colors, all different kinds of animals and these, these different uh, idols that people bow down and worship. They come and offer incense. And when I saw that, I saw great darkness. But then... We preached to a huge crowd, many of them Hindu people. And I said, how many of you want Jesus to forgive you of these, your sins? And thousands of these Hindu people, they raised their hand and said, yes, I want the forgiveness that can only come through Jesus Christ. And when I saw that, I saw a great light. One time I was in the nation of the Dominican Republic, and there was a, a boy who came to one of our services. His name was Valentino. And Valentino was completely deaf and completely dumb. He, he could not speak. He could not hear. And one of our team members prayed for this boy. And God opened up his ears, opened up his mouth, and he began to speak for the first time. 
When I saw the, the sickness that he was afflicted with, I saw great darkness. But then Jesus did a miracle in his life, and his ear, hearing was perfect. He didn't know how to speak yet, and, and, and so I would whisper a word in his ear, and he would repeat that as best as he could for the first time he was speaking like a baby. And so I said, ha, and he said, ha. I said, hallelujah, and he said, hallelujah. And then someone ran to get his father and says, your son was just healed. And his father, he was outside the church, and he didn't have a shirt on, so he didn't want to come into the church. And, and he says, no, no, I'm not dressed for church. I don't want to, I don't want to, and he, he actually said, uh, I don't want to have anything to do with the church. I don't go inside the church. They said, no, no, your son was just healed. And so finally they convinced him to poke his head in the back of the church. And I, I whispered in Valentine's ear, Papa, and pointed to his, his dad. And Valentino, for the first time in his life, he looked at his dad and he said, Papa. And when that happened, the, the father, he started to cry. And he, he came into the church and he knelt down and he was hugging his son and he was crying. And that day, Valentino, uh, Tino's father gave his life to Jesus because of that miracle that happened in his son's life. And so deafness, that's a great darkness. But the Bible says that even when there's darkness, the light continues to shine. And that day, a great light came into the family of little Valentino. Now, sometimes it looks, for it, from our natural standpoint, it looks as if darkness is winning or has even won. And we've, we've seen this at times in, in the United States. I mean, I don't know if you follow the politics of the United States, but, you know, right now it's almost a civil war in the United States. One side is mad at the other side and the other side. Is, I mean, and, 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 you know, sometimes people, they, they hear this rhetoric and they start, man, it looks like evil has won. Darkness has won. There's nothing good about anything. And, and, and it, so sometimes it does look as if darkness has won. And, and we see this in the story of Jesus. Because there came a time, even in the story of Jesus, where it looked as if darkness had won the battle. Look with me at Luke chapter 23, verse 44. This is from the chapter that talks about Jesus' crucifixion. It says, it was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. And so here Jesus is. He came to teach us about how to have fellowship with his Father. And he walked and talked with the disciples. But then some evil men took Jesus and they crucified him to the cross. And Jesus died on the cross. And darkness covered the whole earth. And it looked as if darkness had won. Satan and all of his demons, I'm sure, were rejoicing they were throwing a party. They said, guys, we did it. We killed the Son of God. Now man will never be reconciled with God. Now it will be impossible for God to save mankind. He said, we did it. We killed the Son of God. And it looked as if darkness had won. 
And sometimes in, in our natural understanding, we look at some of these different issues that you guys mentioned before, and it looks like it's hopeless. It looks like light has no chance. It looks like darkness is winning, or maybe darkness even won. But I want to tell you, no matter how dark the darkness is, no matter how much it looks like it's Friday afternoon and Jesus has just died on the cross, Sunday morning is on the way. The light is never going to stop shining. Look at Luke chapter 24, verse 1. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And so on Friday afternoon, it looked as if darkness had won. But Sunday morning came, and Jesus came walking out of the grave. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He defeated depression. He defeated all of the issues that you guys uh, put up here that represent darkness. Jesus rose from the dead, and today Jesus is alive, and the light is overcoming all the darkness in the world. Can you say amen? <coughs> and so maybe you face a darkness in your own life. Maybe uh, there, you're, you're facing sickness in your life. Well, I want to tell you, healing is on the way. Maybe there's strife in your family. I want to tell you, there is peace to be found in Jesus Christ. Maybe you feel like there's no answer to an issue that you're facing in your life. I want to tell you that Jesus will give you hope. Maybe you've been suffering from sadness or, or depression. I want to tell you that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Maybe you're, 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 you've been bowed down by, by burdens or there's been pressures in your life. I want to tell you that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. There is liberty to be found in Jesus Christ. And so no matter what darkness we face in our own lives, even if it's a, a darkness of sin, some people struggle with secret sins or secret issues that they have in their heart. Jesus says, I have come to bring light in the midst of darkness, even into the darkness of our own hearts, even into the, the issues that we deal with. Jesus says, it doesn't matter what darkness there is. And, and some people tell me, uh, you know, you don't, if you just knew the thoughts that I think and, and how evil maybe some of my thoughts are, you, you would be scared. I'd say, you know, it doesn't matter. Jesus is the light of the world. And no matter how dark it is, Jesus will bring a shining light in the midst of great darkness. Can you say amen? And so the light of Jesus actually shines through us. 1 John 1, 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And so 
Jesus came to die on the cross to pay the price for our sins. The Bible says that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone has made mistakes. We've all blown it. We've all messed up. We've all, we all have some form of darkness in our own souls. But Jesus died on the cross to set us free from that darkness, to set us free from the curse of sin, which comes from the devil. And so it talks about how we walk in the light as he is in the light. And so when you cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, please forgive me, it's like stepping out of darkness and into light. And we, we begin to walk with God, and his blood cleanses us from all sin. And Jesus takes away the darkness in our lives, and he replaces it with his light. And then we actually begin to reveal the light of Jesus to the world. Turn with me back to the first chapter of John, John chapter 1. And now we're going to read verses uh, 6 through 9. <coughs> it says, There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. And so this is talking about John the Baptist. And he came uh, right before Jesus to announce the arrival of Jesus. It says, John the Baptist came as a witness to testify concerning that light that, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. So this verse says that John the Baptist was a witness to the light of Jesus. Everyone say witness. And, and so what does that mean to be a witness to the light of Jesus? Well, I want to tell you a little story to kind of help with an illustration of this. One time, uh, Jessica and I, we went on a date and we had a nice meal together. Then we stopped at a park afterwards and we, we just decided to, to walk around the park and there was a, a beautiful full moon in the sky. And so Jessica and I were holding hands, and we were walking, and we were talking. And uh, Jessica looked up at the moon, and she said, Honey, sugar booger, honey bunny, isn't the moon shining bright tonight? Now, what that really was coming from Jessica, that was an invitation right there to kiss her. Would you agree? Isn't the moon shining bright tonight, just looking me in the eyes. Daniel, I love you so much. Look at the moon. Isn't the moon shining bright tonight? But I didn't really realize the romance of the moment. And so instead of kissing, you're going to think I'm really stupid after this. Instead of kissing her, I decided to give Jessica a science lesson. Any guys ever make that mistake? Instead of catching the moment, I decided to give her a science lesson. I told her, you know, Jessica, the moon actually is not shining. And I'd give her some facts about the matter. She was obviously mixed up. And, and so I, and let me, I want to give you a science lesson right now. I'm going to tell you what I told her. Uh, something I learned when I was in uh, fourth grade, I think. Uh, so I need some help. Uh, Mitchell, where's Mitchell? Could you come up here? And I need a, another yeah, come on up here. Come on up here, guys. Um, 
if one of you could grab this yellow ball and one of you grab the world, take the, take the everyone, yeah? All right. Uh, this is the science lesson I gave Jessica on that, that romantic walk. And so, uh, anyways, uh, what's, your, what's your name? McKinsey. McKinsey, could you come stand right over here, please? And what's your name? Devin. Devin. All right. And Mitch, what's your name? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> McKinsey, I want you to hold that ball up in the air like that. Now, that ball... Uh, can you guess what that represents? Oh, you're so smart. So that ball is going to represent the sun. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Devin, if you could just hold that up, please. Uh, what do you think that ball represents? That, that's the earth. That's the world. And uh, so then we've got uh, this uh, completely out of proportion ball. But what do you think that represents? The, the, the moon. Okay. And so... What happens is um, the moon travels around the earth, okay? And the moon actually doesn't have any ability in itself to shine by itself. It just travels around the earth. And uh, what I learned in science class is that what's actually happening is the sun is always shining. And the, the sun shines bright and when we see a full moon, what's actually happening is, stop right there, the light from the sun is actually coming here at 186,000 miles per second. It's coming shoom, across the universe. And what it's doing is it's bouncing off the moon and is reflected here on the earth. Okay? So, so get this. The sun, the sun is the one actually doing the shining. The sun is shining across the universe. It's bouncing, boom, off the moon, and it is, uh, we, we see it, we're sitting here in Morinville, we see the moon, and on a romantic night, you say, look, the, the, the moon is shining bright, but what's actually happening is that the sun is shining from across the solar system, 186,000 miles per second, bouncing off the moon, and we look, it looks like the moon is shining. But the moon is not actually shining. What's actually happening is the sun is shining and it's coming across the solar system and it's bouncing, boom, off the moon. And, and so at nighttime and I see a shining moon and I know that the, the moon is reflecting the light of the sun, I know that even though it's nighttime on this side of the world, I know that the sun is still shining because I see the light from the sun shining across the solar system and bouncing off the moon. And so the moon isn't actually shining. But what's happening is the moon is a witness to the fact that on the other side of the world, the sun is still shining. And so Jesus, the Son of God, said, I am the light of the world. And the sun of God is continually shining. And sometimes we're sitting here uh, in Morinville, Canada. Can you turn it so they can see Morinville? Yeah, there it is right there. That, that, that's Australia. We, we need some more geographical lessons here. Okay, here we go. Yeah, turn it right here. T turn it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Where's Morinville? Where's Morinville? Where's Morinville? There's Fort Mac. All right, it's right there. It's right there. Okay. So here in Morinville, on a beautiful night, you see 
the moon is shining. And even though there's darkness in Canada at that moment, we still know that the sun is shining because the moon is a witness to the fact that the sun is still shining on the other side of the world. And so how can a dark world know that there is light in this universe? How can a world that's living in darkness know that there really is a God, that there really is a Son of God, that Jesus really is the light of the world? How can the world know that there really is light in the universe unless they see someone who is a witness to the fact that the moon, that the sun is still shining. And so when, let me read this verse to you again. It says, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Come on, hold it. There you go. So, you know, there's one time where the moon stops shining bright. You know when that is? It's when the world gets in between the moon and the sun. If I, if I had a smaller moon, it would be easier to, to see this concept. But sometimes the... See... As Christians, the only time we stop shining bright for Jesus is when we allow the world get between us and Jesus. Hmm? And so what we got to do, we got we to keep, keep the moon in a good position so that the light from the sun shines across the universe, bounces off the moon, and brings light to a dark world. And that's our job as Christians, to be a witness to the light of the world. Come on, give my helpers a great big hand. Thank you, guys. And so don't let the world get between you and the sun, or you'll stop being a witness to the light. Now, I just want to finish up with this, this flashlight. It's kind of a funky flashlight. I found it in Mr. Shen's basement last night. But uh, this light is going to represent every Christian, every person here. I want to just turn it on for you. You need to shine bright for Jesus, just like my flashlight is shining. You need to go home and shine. What's the matter? It's not on? Oh, man, I shouldn't have trusted Mr. Shen's funky flashlight. There's a, there's a problem here. Th thank you for your help, but you're about to mess up my illustration. <laughs> there, would you look at this flashlight? There's a banana peel in here. Maybe that's why it's not shining. <laughs> look, at, look at this. Mr. Shen, what's up with your flashlight? There, there's... 
Okay, there we go. We got all the trash. You know why a lot of people don't shine bright for Jesus? It's because they've got trash in their life. What, what trash am I talking about? Sin. We've got to get the trash out of our life. The only way you can get the trash out of your life is by crying out to Jesus. Say, Jesus, forgive me. And he'll, man, he'll take it right out. All right, so now we need to shine bright just like this flashlight is shining. You need to, sh- why are you shaking your head at me? It's not working? What, what, what am I missing? Yeah, we need some power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost ends of the earth. Everyone say power. All right, let's come on, please work. The truth is, in order for our light to shine bright for Jesus, the first step is to get all the trash out. Say, Jesus, forgive me all the darkness, the issues that I've been struggling with in my life. I need your help. I can't do it by myself. Help me get that, those dirty banana peels out of my life. But then you need something else in order to shine bright for Jesus. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. What is a witness? Well, you remember the illustration? We're called to be a witness. There we go. We are called to be a shining light in the midst of great darkness. I don't know about you, but I want to shine bright for Jesus. I want Jesus to live so big on the inside of me that when people see me, they can't help but see Jesus in me. You know, some people, when when they love Jesus, you can just look them in the eyes and you can see Jesus in their eyes. I want to be that type of person. When people see me, I want to say, wow, that, that person really looks like Jesus. Wow, what a loving, kind. I mean, I want to be the type of person that is a shining light everywhere I go. And I believe that God is calling this church to be a shining light in the midst of great darkness. We started out by asking your opinion on all these different areas of darkness. You know, I believe Jesus is the answer to every single one of these issues. And I believe it's the church and us as individuals that helps shine the light of Jesus into these areas. And so if you're concerned about one of these areas, maybe it's because you're called by God to be a shining light in the midst of that darkness. Maybe you're concerned about sex trafficking. Well, who can you rescue? What what can you do in that area to rescue someone? Maybe you're concerned about depression. What, What can you do to help someone who's struggling with depression. How can you bring the light of Jesus into a situation where there's darkness? We got to start thinking, how can I be a shining light in the midst of great darkness? I want to ask everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. You know, the reason that some people lights don't shine is because there's darkness on the inside of them. The Bible calls this darkness sin. 
Sin is when we disobey God's commands. And the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for every sin. But Jesus didn't stay dead. After three days, Jesus rose from the dead. And today, Jesus is alive. The Bible says that the price for sin is death. Darkness always brings death. But the Bible says that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so I want to give you an opportunity today to ask Jesus to bring light into your heart, into your soul. If, if you would say to me, Daniel, I've been struggling with some issues. I've got some darkness, but I want to surrender that darkness to Jesus. I want Jesus to bring his light into my life. Then I want to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of salvation. And we're going to cry out to Jesus and ask him to take away all the sin, to take away all the darkness and to leave us pure and clean and holy before God. If that's you today and you say, I want Jesus to take away the darkness in my own heart, just lift up your hand right now. I want to pray with you. Yeah, all across the auditorium. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, if there's some sin, some issues that you're dealing with in your life, you want Jesus to bring light where there was darkness. Yeah, way in the back. Yeah, there's about 10 of you raising your hands. I'm going to say a prayer, and I would like to ask everyone to repeat this prayer after me. If you raised your hand, please repeat this, and everyone pray with them together. Everyone say, Dear God in heaven, I cry out to Jesus. Jesus, please forgive me. I don't want to have sin in my life. I don't want to have darkness in my life. I believe you died on the cross, Jesus, to set me free from sin. And I need your light in my life. Please come into my heart right now and bring your light and take away all the darkness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, when you pray a prayer like that, the Bible says that you will be saved. The Bible says that everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Saved from darkness. Saved from all of those issues that people deal with. Jesus brings salvation and makes you a brand new creation. Isn't that wonderful? Come on, give Jesus a great big hand. Now, this, the second thing I want to pray for tonight, or this, this morning, is power. Power to be a witness. Sometimes it's difficult to be a witness. We, we know that we should be a shining light for Jesus, but we don't really know how. Well, God doesn't leave you all by yourself. He sent the Holy Spirit to come and give us the power, the ability in order to be a shining light. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives me boldness to stand up on a platform and preach to thousands of people. It's the Holy Spirit that gives me boldness to, to go and to pray for someone who's sick and, and to believe that God will heal them. It's the Holy Spirit that gives me the boldness to share my faith on a daily basis with, with people that I come in contact with. I need the Holy Spirit. I can't do it without the Holy Spirit. And so I want to pray for those 
who would say, God, I need more power to be a shining light in the midst of darkness. I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need more of God's power. And so if that's you, if you want more Holy Spirit power to be a witness today, I want to just ask you to stand to your feet right now. Everyone who wants more Holy Spirit power, more Holy Spirit boldness to be a witness, just stand to your feet. Because I believe that this church is a shining light in the midst of great darkness. God put this church here to be an answer in the, the darkness that is in this area. Individuals who have been living in darkness. God put this church here to go into to rescue people, to take them out of darkness and, and bring them to the light of Jesus. And in order to be a shining light, we need every single one of us to be out there looking for opportunities to be a witness, to be a shining light in the midst of great darkness. All right, just lift up your hands towards heaven and let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to fill every person in this building. Father, I pray that you would make us a witness. Make us a shining light. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes so that we could see the darkness. Help us to, to recognize darkness in other people's lives and to have the boldness to go and to be part of the solution and to bring light to them. Father, we can't do it by ourselves. We need your power. We need your Holy Spirit. Teach us, Holy Spirit, how to be a witness of the light of Jesus. Help us to be a shining light in the midst of great darkness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.